Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tonight on Black Girl Stuff. They got their own mess going on. Ja Rule comes by to clear up some things like being caught between Irv and Ashanti. This is why I'm saying nobody wants to have the real conversation. Plus, he gets serious about hip-hop's state of emergency. My hands ain't clean. I ran around screaming this murder for 20 years. But first, we go in the comments to reveal how filters might be driving women to get their bodies done. And why we now think the mirror is a lie. I look on fleet today, bitch. We're getting litty. And we discuss if code switching is necessary to protect the culture. Ain't no lace, bitch. These are my real hairs. I don't really see a lot of black women coming through these doors. And I catch up with SNL's Keenan Thompson as he celebrates a major milestone. Then I get schooled by Abbott Elementary's Tyler James Williams. Part of my mission statement is to give credence to the average black male voice. While Tyler Perry looks to be going for Oscar gold with a jazz man's blues. That's what jazz man is about for me, letting people see the movie, but also encouraging them to really focus on what really happened. All that and more on tonight's edition of Black Girl Stuff. Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. Tonight, we're going four on one with Murder Inc.'s Ja Rule, and we got SNL's Kenan Thompson, Abbott Elementary's Tyler James Williams, and Tyler Perry with his new masterpiece, A Jazz Man Blues. But right now, it's time to get deep in the comments about a new social media spurred epidemic. The experts are calling it body dysmorphia. Now, for some of y'all who don't know what body dysmorphia is, by definition, it is a mental illness involving obsession focus on a perceived flaw in appearance. The flaw may be minor or even imagined, but the person may spend hours a day trying to fix it, and the person may try many cosmetic procedures or exercise to excessiveness. Mm. So, I gotta ask you all, do y'all feel like social media is to blame for this new term and condition? No. I don't think social media is to blame any more or any less than magazines of the past and TV programming of the past. We've always had this level of fixation specifically on women's bodies and women, you know, thinking through when it comes to body dysmorphia or anything that has to come with regulating and, and tracking what you think is good or not about your personal your personal body. I think social media is just the new wave, the new wave of how we do it, and but it doesn't mean it's the end-all, be-all, and the reason for this term. I don't think it's the only thing mm -hmm. that can cause body dysmorphia, but I definitely believe that it compounds it, and even Facebook, Instagram know this. Uh, just last year, it was the Wall Street Journal that unveiled a study an internal study done by Facebook about mm -hmm. how social media is negatively impacting its users. Mm -hmm. Talking about one out of five teens who felt worse yeah. mm -hmm. after being on social media and 6% of American users who felt that their desires to kill themselves were linked to Instagram. Wow. So they have done these studies internally mm -hmm. knowing mm -hmm. that this is having an effect on people, young people especially. So I feel like there could be deep-rooted insecurities that you have naturally or have developed over time, and then you get on social media, you're compounded, you know, bombarded by all of these images of perfection that aren't realistic, and right, then it's right. like, 
terrible concoction. Yeah, two points because you guys said two different things. So yeah. you first said mm -hmm. that um, back in the day it started with tabloids and magazines, but you got to understand those celebrities were under stress. We wondered why these celebrities would kill themselves or feel suicidal, and we didn't understand the stress that they were going to, but now everybody has a phone. So now your regular person is the celebrity. They're taking pictures and they feel the pressure to be photo shoot ready. There is a cosmetic surgeon who coined the term selfie dysmorphia. Wow. So back in the day, people used to go to these surgeons and they used to say, hey, I want to look like Kim Kardashian. I want lips like Angelina Jolie. But now people are going to the doctors now, these cosmetic surgeons and dermatologists, and they're saying, I want to look like this filter. Wow. Because, yes. Yeah. So the, you get online, and there's a lot of people who they only want to be seen with this filter mm -hmm. on social time. media. Mm -hmm. Started yeah. from, they call it Snapchat dysmorphia. Yeah. That's, that's the name of it. Well, it see, is a term. And to your point, yeah. like, and to all your points, I think that there are many layers. There are different mm -hmm. avenues of media that have always given us this, uh, you know, insecurities. But I think naturally, as women, we always have not been fully satisfied with how, how we feel and how we look mm. with ourselves. <laughs> Going back in the older days, women used to wear those corsets and like break their their bones Rib, to uh -huh. their ribs to make their their waist mm -hmm. smaller. And mm -hmm. even in Chinese culture, they're buying their feet to be more attractive so they can find. But husbands. to look like a cartoon. So, wait, no, I'm not <laughs> saying. Right? I'm not levels. saying. There are levels. Wait, there are levels. Wait, I'm not saying that that it's okay. I'm saying that it's social media has put a spotlight on it, but it's not nothing new. I think what social media does that none of these other media forms have ever done is makes it accessible. So before, like you said, we didn't have filters. You mm -hmm. looked like what you looked like when you took the. Mm -hmm. But now because you can, we have so many apps, you can edit, you can put these filters on it. It's making it look like everybody looks like this. So I have to look like this in order to get the likes, in order to get shared, in order to be popular. So you that social I do. media I Well, there's a lot of unrealistic standards though, because not media. only that, people are going online, all right, selling things like booty bands and waist trainers, when in fact they've had mountains of liposuction and all sorts of surgery saying mm -hmm. if you buy this product you can look like me so yeah. people are flat out lying right. we've completely you know sued companies mm -hmm. for this kind of false advertising but now it's just the average person saying That's buy it. this product buy this flat tummy tea and you'll be skinny like me so you're lying to people on top of that and so for me it's like people could buy that flat tummy tea why am I not getting skinnier like my influenza on Instagram yeah. because yeah. she lied to you That's right. not what mm -hmm. she did and right. so how hurtful would that be to think that you've worked out as hard as you could or you did all this and you're still don't Not have the perfect it. hourglass shape and that's what's harmful and detrimental Super to our harmful. my trainer to this day anytime I send him something of like oh this is my inspo of the week this is kind of what we're we're trying to gear towards he's like listen I just want to make sure this person didn't have anything done let me take a look at their page let me make sure because there's a lot of folks who would portray mm -hmm. you know that they're the fitness yeah, gurus yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> after they got all the work to get that <laughs> done but I just want to make sure that we touch on some folks comments when it comes to mm -hmm. comes to this especially because it relates to social media so one, one user mentioned that unlike many, you know, they opened up about their journey. She said, I spent so much of my life feeling inadequate, constantly comparing myself to others, but after some healing and self-acceptance work, it's so freeing and relieving to be able to see other beautiful women and appreciate them instead of feeling threatened by them. Based off that comment, what do you think the solution is in this scenario? Like, how do you feel like you truly accept who you are in your natural state? I'm talking from natural hair to natural skin to natural body to natural flaws. How do we as women get to that point where we can step out that norm or that, you know, social media standard and say, I love myself 
fully. You've and got to decide. You have, it's a decision. I think what social media is, is just gonna be a regurgitation of what you already know and hear from your peers, mm -hmm. from yeah. your community. Cause there's, there's a lot of different ranges you can go. You can decide to follow the social media folks and follow friends who may not have the type of body that is realistic, or you can do the complete opposite. You can decide to show yourself more. For an example, I noticed that I started to feel uncomfortable when I didn't see myself. I, I was done up so much that when I didn't have makeup on or when I didn't have my lashes done, I felt like I looked tired. So what I started to do, I don't want to feel like I look better with something. Mm -hmm. What I started to do, take a break. Right. I need to take a break so I can fall. I want to fall in love with my natural self and never fall out of love with my natural mm -hmm. self. This is how I look. Mm -hmm. I never want to feel like, oh, I need a filter to go live. No, Fact. this is what I look like. Yeah. So just being comfortable with yourself and not feeling like you have to put a pound of makeup on to go to the store. You don't have to do that. If you want to do that, yes, do it sometimes. Yeah. It's an accessory, but it's not a necessity you need Monday through through Sunday. Yeah, and that's right. an important message for our children because I feel like they're the ones who are really suffering right now because it's very hard to distinguish the real from the fake. And mm -hmm. I feel like older, you know, adult women can say, okay, that's that's definitely modified here. But kids might think like, oh wow, I don't look like this. this is what I have to look like. How many yeah. changes do I have to do to do this? So I feel like limiting screen time is really important. I feel that's like a there's a lot of accountability that should fall upon a lot of these social media outlets as well. I feel like Instagram, you're bombarded by these images of perfection on your explore page. I'm like, who the hell are these people? I just want to see, you know, vacation spots and you're flooding my <laughs> stuff with people I don't even know because you think I want to see it and I don't. You know what I mean? And so now you're bringing this, inviting all of this stuff into my world that I have to completely sort through and I don't want to have to deal with that. And I think mm -hmm. that social media should, you know, step up and, you know, take accountability. I love those tangible right. solutions, limiting screen time, making the decision, accepting yourself raw. And I also would like to add, like, taking care of yourself because I've noticed that we love what we take care of. So when we, mm. I see Demetria, we be in the gym, we be on our gym grind. Okay. So I it's like, we, you, we do. <laughs> no, not the same, but I'm just saying. We be in the gym. When you are in the gym working out, yeah. you take pride and you, you yes, care about what yes. you eat. You feel good about your mm -hmm. body no matter what size or shape you are. I'll keep it real with y'all. Like, I have been in a position, especially now, not only on social media, but when I worked in a strip club, I felt like I needed ass shots. Mm. And then when, now with social media, everybody's getting fillers. So I have been on social media looking like, Damn, do I need my lips done? Mm -hmm. No, a good and well, my face is perfect because right. God did his thug fizzle with me. <laughs> right. you know what I'm okay, because you look damn good. Period. <laughs> so I got to ask y'all, like, have you ever experienced that? I never felt like, oh, do I need to do something because of them? I think it's more maybe a little body dysmorphia where I was in my own head. But has comments got to me? Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. And it has it put me in a depressive state? I was like, hell yeah. I feel like that's why we should monitor our kids, like you said, mm -hmm. screen time, because to see those comments, as much as people say, I don't care what people say, it's subliminally in your head, you read it. Just mm -hmm. the same way you read a comment, make you feel good, or somebody can say, hey girl, your nails look good mm -hmm. and it feels good. Sometimes that negative comment could stick. Totally. You can only, you say, but I block out so much. So has it affected me, to answer your question? It has affected me before, but not to the point where I wanted to change for them. I guess for me, um... No, because I know that a lot of things are, are fake online. I, but I do hey. think that social media gets... Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. 
It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. You know, a, a terrible rap, and, and it deserves that 100%. But yeah. I also think, I also think there are some positive things about social media. Yikes. I mean, that you see on TikTok and, and how it can uplift people and showing that this is my natural body. It's okay. I see a lot of mothers who show off their stretch marks and their, you know, bodies, and they're like, this is real. You don't see this all the time, but I'm going to show you, and it's acceptable and it's okay. And so I applaud mothers who do those kinds of things. I applaud young teenagers who show off pimples. We've all had pimples. We right. don't like pimples, but it's like, hey, I'm still beautiful right. if I have them. There's right so much now. courage <laughs> on the internet and people that show you how, yes. oh, this is a more flattering dress for your body type. And so you know mm -hmm. how to dress and it makes you feel more confident. Mm -hmm. I've worn things that totally didn't flatter my body. And I'm like, damn, I don't, I don't look so good today. But I'm like, I learned. I'm like, wait a minute, this flatters your body type. Right. You have a damn good body type. Right, right. It's okay. And so this there are a lot work. of great things mm -hmm. out there. And so for me, that's what I take from. I'm like, oh, I like how she did her makeup. I'm going on YouTube. I was like, how she do that right there? Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to find out. And I love that now we have that access and it's not limited to the ultra-rich celebrity. Yeah. I think these are great points. And to the young ladies out there, like, love yourself. Don't... And men. And men. Because yeah. yeah. men are on the way, too. Yeah. Everybody yeah. out there, love yeah. yourself because, you know, you don't have to follow all these trends. You don't know the shelf life of all these cosmetic surgeries. Mm -hmm. And what if your soulmate can't find you because you don't look like what your soul looked like when God made you? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> and up next, we're coming back with another round of In the Comments. But first, the queen, Beyonce, said it best. Pretty hurts. I look on fleek today, bitch. We're getting Liddy. We're getting Liddy in the car. Okay, we acting out. We being a fool. Ain't no lace, bitch. These are my real hairs. These are my real hairs. <laughs> Cinderella princess shit. Uh. Wow, the cultural appropriation is just cringy. Mm -hmm. oh. Well, some people feel we have to protect black vernacular, even if that means code switching in certain environments. For this next round of In the Comments, let's see if black Twitter can unlock the code to gatekeeping by code switching. A Twitter thread about code switching went viral when one user posted how she failed at gatekeeping for the black community, uh. so others joined the conversation by sharing their slip-ups at work. <laughs> Tisk sis. Right. <laughs> person tweeted, forgot to code switch in a meeting on Thursday and said, spin the block. My face immediately got hot from embarrassment, but they ate it up. Now they keep using it in the wrong context. Oh, wow. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, she then went on to explain how her coworkers used the term incorrectly. <laughs> so you got to check this out right here. The coffee went cold and a new batch needed to be made, so someone excitedly announced that they spun the block on a new batch of coffee if anyone was interested. Like, that's definitely not how you use that term. Like, you don't spin the block on coffee. Okay. No, you don't. I mean, if, it's, if it's cold brew. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
And one Twitter user responded, so you let spin the block get gentrified? Right. When it's a Fox News headline, you may have to face the black tribunal. Mm, agreed, <laughs> yes. agreed. No, for sure. So, what do you guys think about that? It was the best. I feel like we have to definitely gatekeep mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. of our swag, our sauce. Like, you can't be giving it to everybody, because again, <laughs> they don't even know what to do with it. But they're we know. using we it wrong. that every day on black Twitter. I'm like, if you gonna do it, do it full out. I think that's part of being hot. People gonna want to emulate it. We gotta that's look at some more of these comments, though. <laughs> this one tweet said, I once told an exec that it was time to make a pimp decision. Okay. So, sis, this is light work. Yeah. <laughs> you can't use pimp decisions in your work. That's too straight. That's too much. It's too much. No. But, okay, y'all, can we talk about the fumble and save in this next yeah. tweet? So, one person said, I messaged a coworker, it's all good gravy. He asked me if gravy was a typo or did I mean to give him a new nickname? His name is Gary. But now, <laughs> now I just call him Gravy. I love that. Wow. Hi, Gravy. <laughs> what up, Gravy? I'm gonna call it, what's up, Gravy? Gary? Gravy? That's Gary. my dude. Double G, that. you know? <laughs> Way to run with protecting our culture. I love it. Yeah, and I had to pivot with this one. Uh, with that said, we got into talking about gatekeeping by code switching, right? Mm -hmm. Is code switching necessary to protect black vernacular? Our slang. I definitely agree that it is. I grew up in a predominantly white elementary through high school, so I know what it's like to have white friends, and they want to be cool. They mean mm. well sometimes, but it's like you say, I feel like you got to protect the culture just a little bit, because they always going to use it wrong. Like, my homegirl Katie was like, well, have you ever lived in a bando? It's like, <laughs> no, Katie, I've never lived in an abandoned <laughs> house. Please don't ever ask me that. But you see, the that point. just means they hear it anyway, right? I feel like the, a part of being hot and a part of having black culture is knowing that people are are gonna want to emulate that. I feel like if you're the black person that's gatekeeping without even knowing it, I feel like you're gonna end up looking like the square or the person that's out of touch. It's like, why but don't you know But it can be kind of cringy. I mean, right. look at the videos that we just saw and, and the way that they're appropriating this culture. And I think a lot of the harms and the dangers come from people who are culture vultures and will mm -hmm. steal this, profit on our style, our fashion, our slang, sell it, decry it later. My prime example of this is Miley Cyrus. I mean, Ooh. back in 2013, she was doing a lot of twerking. Yeah. 2017, she's decrying hip-hop culture, saying that it's lewd, it's sexist. 2019, she apologizes, and I'm all about that because I don't think we automatically have to cancel people. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, just last year, you're back shaking your ass on the stage with Megan Stallion because she's the hot girl. Yeah. So you follow black culture, you emulate it when it profits you, Facts. when it suits you, and right. that's acceptable when black people have been completely demoralized for just being ourselves. I code switch sometimes, too, because mm. I think that often, you know, as black women, we talk with a lot of passion, a lot of aggression, and that can come off very aggressive to some people. So in certain settings, when I change my audience, I will change how I communicate with that audience to be heard in, in the true intention that I have. If the police pull over, I ain't talking like <laughs> Brunei from the A. I'm mm -hmm. like, yes, sir. How may I help you? <laughs> like, I'm going to definitely change so you can't ever say that I was aggressive or coming at you the wrong and way. So well, I don't think that you should have to yeah. temper who you are to fit in, and I think that's something that we have to fight talk against, about, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you want to talk a certain way in a public setting, I think there are certain slang words that maybe, you know, you can't use because not everybody understands it, and if you're speaking right. to wide audiences, you know, you might lose some people. But the thing is, is, like, if I feel like, you know, I can't say certain things because it's not acceptable, and, and I'm not talking about curse words here. I'm just talking about black vernacular slang, you know, totally work appropriate, and yeah. somehow yeah. that's not acceptable. I think we have to fight against that, and I feel like we also need to look at people who've taken slang words, uh, Pop and Tags, a uh, blueprint too. I know you're a huge Jay-Z fan over yeah. there. All of us are, right? Yeah. yeah. Song called Pop and Tags, 2002 came out. Fast forward 12 years, you've got mm -hmm. Macklemore
or Ryan Lewis uh, taking Poppin' Tags and their famous song, Thrift Shop, sure. right. winning Best Rap Song in mm -hmm. 2014, Best Rap Album because of that single right. over, I mean, what? Some the of the best yeah. albums the of all time. Yeah. I mean, Good Kid, Mad Come City. On, right. So Come you're on. taking it, profiting on it, and that's where I feel like, I understand why people feel that they that's have to what, gatekeep our yeah. vernacular. If we want to be the trendsetters, we want to say we're the hottest, we want to say we are culture, that's what comes along with it. There's always right. going to be counterfeit bags. There's always going to be counterfeit right. slang. All right. <laughs> so we've left you with a lot to think about when it comes to code switching. We want to hear more from you in the comments. So be sure to comment under our Black Girl Stuff YouTube page. Coming up next, Kenan Thompson, Tyler James Williams, and Tyler Perry are all checking into the Kennedy Chronicles all straight ahead. for you this week, starting with Kenan Thompson. And he talked about taking a stand and refusing to play black women mm. so SNL will actually hire more black women for the job. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's dope to even step outside of the box as an artist to like challenge himself because yes, a yes. lot of comedians kind of rely on that mm -hmm. that role of, you know, putting a wig on and just being a black woman. But it's yeah. like, let the black women be black <laughs> women. Absolutely. Especially when you think about there's only been, you know, seven black female comedians yeah. in the 44-year history. That is mm -hmm. SNL. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. The most recent being Ego Wodem. Yeah. girl. Okay. <laughs> She's absolutely hilarious, but that's yes. huge because there are opportunities that come with SNL. I mean, SNL's mm -hmm. launched the careers of Eddie Murphy, Chris Rock, Bill mm -hmm. Murray, Adam Sandler, the yeah. list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. It's a huge platform, and so Absolutely. we need our sisters getting those opportunities, too. Yeah, that yeah. Is true. yeah and you put his foot down and advocated for women. Check it out. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. You took a stand about 10 years ago um, on SNL when you refused to play women and impersonate women. Do you think enough progress has been made on that front in terms of comedians, you know, embodying women's personas and portraying women? Probably not. I did it personally because I felt like I might have been in the way of actual black women's opportunities to join the show because it was such an easy laugh or a, a, a laugh that you can kind of count on time and time again. It's kind of the obvious thing, the guy in the dress, like it's a, you know, a visual stimulating laugh immediately. I understood why they kept it going so much, but then it started to feel like now we're kind of using it maybe as a, a, a crutch and I don't really see a lot of black women coming through these doors. And I was wondering if I was in the way of that at all. So I was like, maybe let me just 
force the issue and, and remove myself completely from that situation and see what happens. And what I thought would happen was right. They needed to actually hire the women, you know, and, and get them in there. I love that when he had the opportunity yeah. to take a stand, he actually took it and, yeah. and was aware, like, wait a minute, I could be taking the jobs of other black women. Yeah. And, you know, that is what being an ally is, putting yourself on the forefront mm -hmm. to, you know, maybe take mm -hmm. some slack or maybe take a pay cut mm -hmm. for yeah. the betterment of who you're trying to uplift. Yeah. So I thought that that was really, really crucial. All right, Kennedy, so I heard you got school by Abbott Elementary's Tyler James Williams and William Davis. Share with us what you learned. Yes, it's true, the Emmy-nominated show has a great cast of characters that take what they do to heart. Take a look. Only 2% of educators in the school system are black men. How important was it for you to embody this portrayal and how influential do you hope that is, you know, to hopefully a new crop of young people who are interested in the profession? The reason why I did it why well, I did the show, I heard that, and that was it. That was like, the script was really good. Quinta had a really great idea, and I thought that, you know, this show's gonna be successful, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it needs me. You know what I mean? And when I heard that, I think part of my mission statement, if I had to have one as a creator, was to give credence to the average black male voice. Um, and to hear that it was so underrepresented, to me, that's just a group of people who we forgot about and who we lost and who need to be seen and validated. And that's that's where I like to work. So I, one, hope that that 2% feels super seen, um, feels like there's a spotlight on them. And I hope that 2% grows because of it. I only had two black, black male teachers in my whole uh, elementary school experience. They were all either uh, African-American female or white, fem uh, white female or white men. I think as an African-American child, a male child, that it would have been, I think it would have made my experience richer and, 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 and more complete mm -hmm. if I had more uh, black male teachers. Wow, what a yeah. great, yeah. great conversation. Yeah. They really yeah. speak to one of the core issues when it comes to the school-to-prison pipeline. Mm. And we know that black mm. students are more than three times likely to be expelled when compared to their white counterparts. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about that lack of representation in the classroom, these are mm -hmm. students who don't have these black male role models that they can relate to. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see children slipping into the system. It's a mm -hmm. really, really serious issue. I'm glad they brought it up, and yeah. you too. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I love that they're advocating for a more black men to be um, teachers in the elementary school, especially that young age, because that's when you're learning a lot about yourself. Mm -hmm. But I actually had a black male elementary school teacher in fourth grade. Shout out to Mr. Calloway. Yes. He made yes. us read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in fourth mm -hmm. grade. And wow. I took that experience with me for the rest of my life. So I think, like mm -hmm. they said, those teachers are really the most impactful when it comes to I love that that happened. Yeah. I, had, I had two black male teachers throughout my entire, like, just academic career. Really? I can only speak to yeah, you know we're gonna do shout outs too. Okay, shout out Mr. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that though, I can only imagine it didn't really affect me. And I think mm -hmm. perhaps because, you know, I'm a black woman, I can only imagine my brothers going to school and, mm. and not feeling seen in that way because I know my brother, for instance, got in a lot of trouble going to school because it was a level of automatically picking and deciding mm -hmm. that he's a troublemaker or he doesn't have this or he doesn't have that. And it was, mm -hmm. he was the, the chillest, the smartest, the most down to earth guy. And I think again, mm -hmm. what Demetria was saying, that relatability yeah. is key. Cause it's yeah. one thing to have them there, but mm -hmm. it's another thing that 
Tyler is showing that he shows in Abbott Elementary is the fact that they can relate to him. So it's important. And I think that 2%, people are so focused on that number being so small, mm -hmm. but yeah. that doesn't mean that these people don't deserve a voice, that mm -hmm. they don't deserve representation. And I think that's so important for a big network show mm -hmm. to show this small portion of the population. Right. And hopefully mm -hmm. that'll inspire that number to grow. Speaking of representation and history, I'm so excited to learn about what Tyler Perry had to say about a jazz man blues. It looks so good. It does. Kennedy, you gotta spill the tea, sis. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so this is Tyler's passion project, and it speaks to audiences on so many different levels. He's going to surprise people with this one. Let's take a look. What I love about this movie is I feel like Although it's set in the Jim Crow era, there are cultural relevance today that's still so important. I mean, colorism, white supremacist, revisionist history, all those years after you wrote this, what does it say that there are still issues today that we're grappling with, trying to contend with as a country? It's shocking to me, and that's part of the reason I wanted to do it, watching certain political figures want to homogenize the history of Black people in the country or make it palatable for younger white kids to, to, to learn, rather than telling it in the brutality of what it is and how awful Jim Crow was. And I'm, and I'm also shocked to see young Black kids who say, oh, we don't want to talk about that. Where's the black joy? What do, what do you mean? We've got to realize, recognize, and acknowledge the history of the people who paved the way so that we can love and be free and drink from water fountains. And, and to ignore those people is the wrong thing to do. So that's what Jazz Man is about for me, letting people see the movie, but also encouraging them to really focus on what really happened. Powerful. Yes, powerful. yes. Mm -hmm. No, this week was very powerful. We contended with some big topics, some, you know, stuff that has to do with our everyday mm -hmm. lives and, and how we see ourselves. And I think it was so important that Tyler did this movie, especially right now, because mm -hmm. these are conversations, as you ladies know, you talk about yeah, all, the time. all the time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I have to ask you all, he made a good point. Where's the black joy? We don't need any more yeah. movies about enslavement, about Jim Crow. Do you feel like the time has passed for these movies or do you feel like conversations still need to be had surrounding these topics? I kind of understand that point because in some cases I do fall into that category of like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to see black trauma on screen. Like mm -hmm. I actually went to go see, you know, Till the other day a screening and I, I was wrestling whether or not to go because mm -hmm. of that. I didn't know if I wanted to see the murder of Emmett Till on display. And granted, we want, we needed to and we need to continuously. There's other stories that are, you know, equally or more horrific in, in different races that are consistently being told. Yeah. And, it's, and it's not to say that they shouldn't, but at the same time that they should, this was also a part of our history, not our collective history, right. not yeah. just black history. Right. That's American what we need to history. know. Mm -hmm. And we make history sound so long ago, but growing right. up in the South, my grandmother, my mother always preached to me like that wasn't that no. long ago. Like they right. lived through these experiences and they saw them firsthand. Mm -hmm. So to understand, like you said, knowing where you came from to know where you're going, because then they'll understand why we go through or why we fight so hard mm -hmm. for a lot of the issues that we're trying to overcome Those are still. great points. Mm -hmm. I, I'm with all of that. And I think mm -hmm. it's interesting, the premise of this movie, Jazz Man's Blues, I mean, about interracial love. I'm the product of interracial marriage. My, both mm -hmm. of my parents were born in 1967, mm -hmm. and that's when interracial marriage became legalized across love the United it. States wow. in Loving mm -hmm. v. Virginia, right? right. Mm -hmm. And so I look at this and I think about how history, they're trying to make it more palatable, as Tyler mm -hmm. Perry said. 
sugarcoating it, watering it down. There are mm -hmm. real lawmakers across this country would have us change the name of slavery and call yeah, it, what was right. it? Um, just and don't even yeah, we don't even these names right. to make it more palatable <laughs> right. and and nice and I feel like you know as Americans we're constantly reminded of the tragedy that is 9/11 it's remember 9/11 mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. but it's like forget slavery yeah. put it under the proverbial rug forget about it right. right and that's really what's happening to our culture our history and so there mm -hmm. are kids yeah. that are growing up thinking it wasn't that big of a deal mm -hmm. when it is what? and so we can't mm -hmm. allow this to keep happening well thank you so much Kennedy for stopping by and giving us the deets on what's happening in the street. Coming up, we talk to the MC who made singing on rap tracks a trend. The legendary Ja Rule checks in with us. Where would I be without my baby? over 20 years, and we could not wait to speak with him. Ja Rule, welcome to the BGS house. Yes, <laughs> thank you for sitting down with us. Yo, thanks for having me in the BGS house. All right. I'm honored, I'm honored. You know we have to talk I'm about the world. recent BT Murder, Inc. documentary that you co-executive produced. <laughs> yes. It was honestly one of the juiciest hip-hop stories that I've seen made in a while. Thank you, thank you. Of course, and one of the segments you mentioned, you know, one day you could be on top of the world and the next day the world can be on top of you. You were saying that in relation to everything going on yeah. with Murder, Inc. and specifically 50. And you yeah. said that fans and hip-hop overall abandoned you. I want to just go into that a little bit more. What did you yeah. mean by that statement? Music is subjective. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bottom up, up, up. At participating McDonald's. You don't have to like Ja Rule. You don't have to like, you know, whoever. So it was like a big culture shock to me. E even, even my success was the same thing. It was like one day I was just a kid from Hollis, Queens, you know, in the hood. And, and a week later, I was a huge star. And then that's not to say that I didn't put in a lot of work for that, you know, but that's just how success happens, you know. When it happens, it happens, and and you know when 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 bad things happen, that also happens. It like and and it, it's not a gradual thing. It, it just it's like a it's like a punch in the face, knockout blow. Holy shit! What just happened? You know, everything is is upside down, and I, I went through that, and I felt like it was unwarranted. I felt like I felt like you know I didn't do anything to to my fans. You know, but make great music and, and you know, be a dope artist. You know, uh, bring something new to the table that that artist wasn't doing at the time. Catered to the ladies. You know, made those beautiful records. Wrote a lot of beautiful records for other artists. You know, it's like Big said it best. You know, they love you and then they hate, they hate you. you. Now it's time for the love again. It's no secret that you and Ashanti are like brother and sister. Do you feel like you were kind of caught in the middle of the Earth Gotti and Ashanti situation? <laughs> Of course, I'm 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 kind of gonna get caught in the middle of these things. You know, that's my brother, that's my sister. Right. I love them both, and, and you know they got their own mess going on. And, and you know, I, I just wish everybody could play nice and 
you know, we can move on from the past and, and, and move on to all our future endeavors, which is a, everybody's doing amazing things. So there's, there's no there's no issues with any of us, with me, yours, with, you know, they have their issues. You know, I don't have issues with anybody. I hear you got something else to share with us and the world that you've got working on. Let's let's hear about it, Icon. <laughs> what you got? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. I created a live streaming platform. It's kind of the first of its kind. It's a Web3 live streaming platform. And what that means is I allow content creators to own their content, to monetize their content in a lot of different ways. I created uh, Icon to be able to do that. The app is available right now in Apple TV, in the, in the Apple uh, App Store. So you can get it and, and download it and put up, you know, live videos, go live with up to six people, and, you know, get tips right live uh, in real time, or, you know, artists can do uh, pay-per-view events on, on the platform, or get meet, they can do meet and greets, you know, like stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff. So we know that you created this series called Vibe and on the app, you're able to secure um, the legendary Big Daddy Kane. How did you make that collab happen? I love Kane. I grew up on Kane, one of my favorite artists. Kane, Kane was actually one of the first like sexy you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was doing it different. He just took hip hop to a different level you know, as far as the fashion and, and the jewelry. I'm honored to be able to have this brother bless the stage, you know, on my platform, um, September 28th. Vibes is about iconic artists performing their classic albums. Mm. So that, 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 that classic body of work that we all love, those album cuts that, you know, maybe they don't get to perform ever, <laughs> sometimes in, in many cases. You know, so I did the first one. I did uh, my album, Pain as Well, live. It was amazing. And then uh, the second one was my brothers, uh, Raekwon and Ghostface. They did Only Built for Cuban Links. Ooh, okay. It was out of this world. Hip hop has ushered in so many millionaires, billionaires, icons, moguls, right? And you're a mogul yourself. Do you ever feel like there's a competition between the big names in hip hop to be like the biggest mogul? Or do you feel like you're in a healthy competition? Or do you feel like it's like, ah, I gotta be the number one in the spot? It doesn't always have to be just one. Facts. It should be more than one. It should be many of us. Like, you know, and in our black community, it's like one at a time, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I, listen, I root for all my brothers that are doing their thing in this business, in this industry, because it's a tough industry. It wasn't built for us to succeed. Mm -hmm. America wasn't built for black men to succeed. Mm -hmm. Wasn't built for black women to succeed. Mm -hmm. So when I see you beautiful black women sitting on this couch doing this, you know, interview this platform that y'all have it's amazing and it's it's with revolt which is a black man's you know uh, a network Fair. and then here i am another black man sitting here with my own live streaming network and platform you know so i this is what this is what we are supposed to be kings and queens you know we are supposed to be doing this this is not we shouldn't be shocked at, at, at what black people are able to accomplish you know and and we should really be leaning on each other helping each other i think the more we do that you know, the, the greater our accomplishments uh, become. You speak of brotherhood, and I think it's been kind of a turbulent time when it comes to our young male artists. A lot of brothers yeah. are being lost to this game. I mean, what's your opinion? What's your take on this that's happening? I hate it. These are the conversations, the real conversations that, that us as a community need to have, but nobody wants to really, really have the real conversation. As beautiful as we are as a people and a culture, Unfortunately, this too is our culture. Mm -hmm. This too is us as a people. And I think, you know, um, we need to, to, 
to grasp that as a reality and, and figure out, you know, how do we fix this as a community? A lot of our songs are about us jacking people chains and, and how we'll run down. Of course. And, and do you feel like the, the music is encouraging this behavior? My hands ain't clean. I ran around screaming this murder for 20 years. You know, even though it was metaphorically, you know, meant for me saying I'm killing the game or whatever the f if you were, but if you a 12 year old kid or you a, you know, 10 year old kid, you know, coming up, 15 year old kid, whatever the f it is, you don't per se know that. I'm just Ja Rule, impressionable, throwing up M's. You think it's gangster shit and, and you know what I'm saying? Like kids think thought these was gang signs. They don't know. We all have a part to play in this. And you know, this is me speaking as a 46 year old man, three grown kids. You know, this isn't 20 year old Ja Rule speaking. So I get it. You know, 20 years ago, I would have probably had a different take on all of this. You know, um, I probably would have been telling a guy like me, shut the f up, mind your business, homie. You don't, you ain't out here in the trenches with us no more. You living in your fucking mansion. Shut up. You know, I, I get it. I get it. But it's also time for them to get it. Right. Yeah. The same way I can sit here and say, yo, I get it. I know what you're going through. I know the struggle. I've been there. Went to jail, did two years. When I was very successful, had to go sit down. Those moments of real moments of clarity. That's when you get to really understand who you are as a man. You know, the mistakes you're making. There's, there's, no, there's no more time to point the finger. Now you, you're in this situation. Now you got you to gotta own it. You got to own it. You got to own up to your mistakes. You got to own up to what you've done to get yourself in this predicament. And so, you know, I learned that. And when you're living in it, you're living in the moment, it's hard to see it. We appreciate you so much for taking the time, lending your voice to these issues. I mean, you're an icon. It means so much. We know you're so busy, so we're going to say goodbye for now, but we're going to need you back <laughs> in the VGS house because there's so much more to get yeah, to. Yeah. Thank yeah, you yeah. kindly. For Thank sure. you so much. Yes, this is to everyone out much there. Much love, y'all. <laughs> you got to make sure you download the Icon app right now. Catch a vibe. Yes. Icon, two ends, man. That's there we it. Go. Tell That's with it. two ends. Icon. Icon with two ends. get my phone. Yes, thank you so much, Ja. It was a true pleasure. Thank you. Much love, y'all. Appreciate y'all, lady. Up next, we have our BG Boss of the Week. Keep it locked for more Black Girl Stuff. Legendary Viola Davis starring in her new film, Woman King. Viola is a true trailblazer yes. and her worldwide recognition is not to be played with. This woman has won a Primetime Emmy, a Golden Globe, a Tony Award, and the list goes on and on. Aside from all of her <laughs> awards, Viola has a history of philanthropy. She has donated funds to save her hometown library and she has a collaboration with the Hunger Is Campaign to help eradicate childhood hunger across America, y'all. However, one of her most famous quotes that we should all live by is, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. 
we totally believe that and we salute who you are, Viola Davis. You are forever a BG boss. I mean, she's amazing and I, I feel like we've all asked to see more black heroines mm -hmm. on the screen. Mm -hmm. And I loved what she had to say about that. It's like, okay, you want to see us, come out and support us, yes. right. right? Now, Demetria, tell us about your BG boss of the week. We hear she is paving a new lane of her own. Yes, under the sea, all right, <laughs> yeah. My BG boss is none other than the super talented Halle Bailey. Not only is she taking over the billboard charts, but she is now tackling the role of Princess Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Take a look. across the world. Hallie says, I want the little girl in me and the little girls just like me who are watching to know they are special mm -hmm. and they should be a princess in every way. The trailer for The Little Mermaid has been trending all across our social feeds. And I'm sure we can all agree this is a major accomplishment. She's a Disney princess. Okay. Yeah, yes. bow down. Yes. Holly, we <laughs> applaud you. Keep doing your thing, girl. Yes. We salute you for being a true yes, BG do. boss. Mm. And that's all the show for now. Thanks again to all of tonight's guests, Ja Rule, Keenan Thompson, all of the Tylers, <laughs> and of course, BG's own Kennedy Rue for highlighting her <laughs> chronicles. Yeah. Thanks so much for watching, y'all. We'll see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, my butt keeps spinning you. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.